In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. There are two ways to get into heaven, by your own effort and work, or by faith in the work of Jesus. I've only ever met one person who flat out admitted, I'm trusting in what I've done to get me into heaven. But that doesn't mean that this way of thinking is rare. It's not. From the time of the first recorded sacrifice until now, people have been trying to be reconciled to God by what they do. This goes for Christians, too. Cain and Abel were both members of the church, raised by Christian parents. As sinners, each of the brothers knew that a sacrifice for sin was necessary. Abel's offering was filled with the sweet-smelling fragrance of faith, while Cain's sacrifice reeked of his own sweaty self-righteousness. I'm sure we've all heard the term self-righteous enough to know that it's not a good thing. Nobody wants to be known as self-righteous. But what exactly does it mean? The Merriam-Webster Dictionary defines it as being convinced of one's own righteousness, especially in contrast with the actions and beliefs of others. In other words, if you are self-righteous, it does not mean that your behavior is objectively good. It simply means that you think your behavior is better than others. No sane person would claim to be perfect, but we'd all like to think that we are better than most in the same way that nearly every parent is convinced that their child is above average. Self-righteousness assumes that God grades on a curve. This is why the sinful nature in each one of us secretly takes great pleasure in discovering the faults of others. It's why tabloid magazines continue to sell, even when everybody knows they're full of lies. It's why gossip is such a beloved and enjoyable sin. Every time a truly wicked sinner is unmasked, our own standing improves, or so we think. And when I say we, I'm talking about that sinful nature that lives within each one of us. If you get a D on an exam, but your teacher uses a curved grading scale, you would rejoice to hear that everyone else in the class got an F. Your D just became an A. And this is exactly how self-righteousness works. It is always on the lookout for sin in others, hoping by this to improve its own score. You see, deep down, we know that Nobody can measure up to the requirements of God's law. No one is perfect. No one can actually score an A. So self-righteousness must resort to finding fault in others. Our gospel text begins with this introduction. Jesus told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and treated others with contempt. Self-righteousness always goes hand in hand with looking for evil in others. And this is the opposite of love. Whereas love 
covers a multitude of sins. Self-righteousness delights to expose them for all to see. Love is eager to forgive. Self-righteousness uses the sins of others as a twisted form of currency trying to buy God's favor. But since God requires perfect love of our neighbors, self-righteousness, which treats others with contempt, can never improve our standing before God. In fact, it only adds to our guilt. Today, driven by this increasing sense of guilt, self-righteousness has taken a bizarre new expression. Mainline churches are falling over themselves to prove that they are more tolerant of sin than the other guys. Never mind what God calls sin. Never mind the Ten Commandments. Our culture has decreed that the only real sin is intolerance. Are you caught up in the sin of adultery? Well, join our church where we celebrate and encourage you to continue in that. We are so much more loving and tolerant than those fundamentalist Christians who still believe in that outdated thing called repentance. What? You think abortion is murder? How intolerant. We all know that the fifth commandment is really about not murdering polar bears and endangered butterflies. Guilty people try to find self-righteousness in a host of strange places. I only drink from paper straws. I drive an electric car. I never go out in public without my mask. I know how to distinguish between real news and fake news, unlike all the other sheep who can't tell the difference. I support blue lives. I don't support blue lives because five minutes ago the media told me it's not PC anymore. Apart from Christ, the whole world is caught up in this kind of virtue signaling, pretending to be good, upright, tolerant, loving individuals when really it's only a facade. According to God's holy law, there is none righteous. No, not one. And self-righteousness, which comes from putting others down, can never make us truly righteous before God. That's the opposite of loving our neighbor. And in fact, self-righteousness only makes us more guilty and less righteous. I said at the beginning that there are two ways into heaven, by your own works or by the work of Christ. If you consider the words of the Pharisee, it's obvious which one of these two ways he was counting on. I thank you, God, that I am not like other men. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I get. His faith is in himself. His prayer is all about what he has done. He mistakenly believes that righteousness before God can come from within, from his righteous deeds, his pure motives, his loving heart. But of course, any honest look at the human heart will always reveal 
that we have fallen far short of the glory of God. Theoretically, one could earn heaven by living a perfect life in thought, word, and deed from conception until death. But no one born of a human father and mother has ever done this or ever will. All have sinned. There is none righteous. So what does self-righteousness do with this knowledge? It tries to throw its neighbor under the bus. Well, I may not be perfect, but at least I'm not really wicked like other men. Sinners, especially this detestable tax collector over here. But God does not grade on a curve. His holy, righteous character demands absolute perfection. He always rejects the sacrifice of self-righteousness, just as he rejected the offering of Cain. Self-righteousness might make you feel a little better about yourself. It might even get you a pat on the back from our virtue-signaling world, but it won't help you out before God, and it certainly won't help your neighbor either. You can't live a perfect life. And pointing out your neighbor's sins won't excuse your own. Self-righteousness is a trap that can never make anyone actually righteous. So then, how should we live? As Abel did, by faith. This is the only sacrifice that can please God. Faith in the work of Jesus. Only Jesus loved his neighbor without a shred of self-interest. Only he has the perfect righteousness that God requires in order to enter heaven. When the tax collector prayed, he didn't talk about his works at all. His only prayer was, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And notice who is doing the work in that sentence. The only action is be merciful, and God is the one doing it. The tax collector's faith is in what God has done. That is, in the perfect life and obedient death of Jesus on the cross. Only on that basis can a man hope to become righteous and accepted before God. There is no need for fake self-righteousness when you already have been given the true righteousness of Jesus. You didn't earn it with your hard toil and labor like Cain sweating over the ground. No one could ever earn it. You simply received this precious gift by faith. God declared you righteous on account of his son's sacrifice. And this is good news, not just for you, but also for your neighbor. Since you already have God's favor, there's no longer any need to prove that you're better than your neighbor. You don't become righteous at his expense. You were made righteous at Christ's expense. 
And knowing this enables you to actually and truly love your neighbor as only a Christian can do. The self-righteous man always needs to talk about what he has done that his neighbor hasn't. Yet his guilt remains. But the Christian cries out, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. This is your prayer. And God has promised to hear you. And he declares you righteous and worthy of heaven for the sake of Jesus Christ. In his name, amen.